This is the Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everybody. How's your listening out there? Not sure if you're driving in your car, sitting in the beach chair, hanging out, uh, drinking a cup of coffee, depending on whether you're listening to us live on radio or via podcast. We've got listeners all over the country, and it's been a lot of fun sharing insight and uh, thoughts. You know, it's interesting, Randy. We've even seen via the podcast, the way the internet has changed, some listenership actually even come in internationally, which has been really, really neat in different countries. And, you know, I love the idea of sharing thoughts and insight on this show each and every week to help you live with purpose uh, so you can live on purpose. And, you know, I think that's so important. We go through life you know, distracted. We got all these things going on. There's things happening. Media throws at us each and every day. We got families. We got kids. I know I have four little ones. And so there's a lot of things that are going on, a lot of balls that we're juggling. And the goal of this show each and every week is for you to tune in for 52 minutes and refresh, reset, and get ideas, not only for myself, but other business leaders and other people who have been successful, health coaches, uh, holistic doctors all over the world and really give you the insight so you can live well and live on purpose, live with purpose, add value to others and improve and increase your lives. And like every week, Randy, this first segment, we're going to start out, we're going to talk about three steps to massive success, but we're going to have some other really cool interviews on today's show as well. Why don't you share the folks about that? Well, locally, we have Bill Jacobson on, and Bill has an interesting perspective of our area because he's been in our area for an awfully long time, and he's kind of seen the birth of West Palm, Palm Beach County, the whole area around here, and seen how businesses have developed, how land has developed. He's helped that along the way, and there are opportunities out there, and Bill has an interesting perspective. We'll have that coming up here in just a few minutes. And you're as cold as ice. Yeah, a Foreigner, their 40th anniversary tour out there right now, actually going to be an international tour going around the world. We had the opportunity to sit down with the founder of Foreigner, Mick Jones. And uh, he has a book out called Foreigner, A Foreigner's Tale, and uh, also out there with a brand new CD. So that should be interesting as well. And then we're going to talk a little bit about taxes. The government is saying, okay, health care, mm, we kind of swinging a miss on that one right now, but we're going for tax reform. And what do they have in mind? We have a few of the proposals and we'll tell you what they are. And as you could tell, as you're listening to this, Randy obviously did the opener for Foreigner. I mean, he the guy's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about having fun, Randy. I appreciate you putting it out there, baby. Come I'm on. I'm trying. Now. I'm trying. Yeah. Now, hey, as you listen to this, if you're listening via podcast, do me a favor and uh, take a minute and pause the show and go ahead and rate the show. Give us a five-star rating if you love what you're hearing, what you've been hearing. Uh, and also uh, write a comment. We'd love to hear your comments. You want to give us a feedback, go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And there's a little place where he says request review. Give us your thoughts. Give us your feedback. Anything you want to cover on the show. If you're in a situation where you have uh, a lot of wealth and you want a second opinion, obviously that's why we got the Wall Private Wealth Firm. We can sit down. We've been doing that for years and years and years. Been very blessed. Shared a lot of thoughts on national media and uh, a lot of different things over the years. A couple books there. By the way, leanonthewall.com has got our newest book, Retire Once, Retire Well. You're not going to want to miss if you are in retirement or moving towards retirement. You are going to want to catch that so you can really learn and go there. But before we jump into uh, the foreigner segment, some other things, I want to talk 
as we have been in every first segment, about three steps to massive success. This is important. You know, I think everybody in life, as they live life, you want to be a success. You want to say, you know, I've done something that's valuable. I've done something that I can look back on and say that was um, really a valiant effort. Hopefully, that's where you are in life. Now, you might be in a situation where mentally you're in a place where you think, you know, I don't know. Am I? Do I have what it takes to be a success? Do I have what it takes um, to make a difference? Do I have what it, it takes to kind of live the life of, I see other people living, but I don't know, can I live that way? And I think what's so important, and I want to take a minute here and talk about the three steps to that success. And the first one, is the first step, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, get a notepad, get your phone out, get whatever. Make some notes because, listen, if you don't take action in your own life, no one is going to help you get to where you need to go. You must first take action. So the first step here in success is the importance of a positive brainwash. You say, what in the world is that? I don't want anybody brainwashing my mind. Well, I got to tell you, you know, we grew up in a society and we live in a world today where there is a tremendous, a tremendous amount of negativity. All you got to do is pick up any, any news article. All you got to do is look online for any news article, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, other news sources. Uh, I know Facebook and Instagram aren't news sources, but they've kind of become news sources, Randy. People, that's a modern-day newspaper in a lot of ways because people are posting stuff all the time. Sound bites, turn on TV, even listening to different shows, podcasts, radio, TV, whatever it may be. You're hearing stuff. And a lot of times, the stuff you're hearing is people throwing an arrow at someone else. Oh, this party did this, and this party did that, or this person did this, or this person abused that person. I mean, everything we're hearing is negative intake. Like, the world we live in, there's so much negative all the time. We fail to hear a lot of times about the good things. So what it takes a lot of times is a positive brainwashing. I remember when I was selling books door-to-door, back when I went to college, dating myself here a little bit. But back when I was out in college, you know, I woke up every day in the summertime, uh, on my own, by the way, no alarm clock, did parents didn't tell me what to do. Uh, and it was hard, but I did it. Positive motivation, positive peer pressure, really what was around me. And I got up, we went out to breakfast every single day. And, and Randy, we did this stupid little, uh, chant. It's called, it's uh like you're starting a lawnmower. Like it's a, it's a, it's a great day to be, you know, we started singing this crazy little song. Because we knew that we had to, almost like you leading out for foreign. I mean, just a great job. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to live this one down, I don't think. What? Wait a minute. No, we're singing this crazy little song, and we were in a situation where we were trying to get ourselves in a place where we could kind of just laugh at ourselves. Not in, in a way that we were, you know, diminishing our self-worth, but just kind of like, you know, just chill out, right? And I realized every day, I remember um, them telling us, Roddy Dye was the guy's name where I first heard his friend. He said, you know, every day when you wake up, you must make the decision to brush off Ned negative on your shoulder. You know, you get those thoughts in your mind. Well, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm good enough. And people say, oh, you know, I don't know. Talking to yourself is weird. Well, you talk to yourself all day long. Like when you're listening to the show, is this a good show? Uh, should I keep listening to it? Uh, am I going to learn something from this that I can really apply to my life? Is what he's saying actually real? Can I apply it and does it work? You know, you got all these thoughts that come into your mind all the time. So we have to determine how to control those thoughts. And that's one of the things that I did when I woke up every day in the book field, and I even do it now. You know, one of the things I do every morning when my feet hits the floor is I say, hands in the air, and I say, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice 
and be glad in it. You know, it's a choice. My son Cyrus, when he was five years old, said, Dad, you know, it is a choice to rejoice. And it is. So we choose what we think. We choose how our mind moves. We choose the thought. We don't necessarily choose the thoughts that may enter our brains, okay? But we get to choose what we stew on. So my question is for you, first step, the importance is of a positive brainwash. What are you doing currently right now in your life to positively brainwash yourself to say, I will think positively. I will look at the glass as though it is half full, not half empty. I will change the way I think. What does that mean? That means a negative thought comes into your mind like, ah, no, I don't think I can do You say, no, I will not think this way. You might have to do that 25, 30 times a day. But you know what will start happening? You'll be in a situation as you reject those negative thoughts. You will be in a situation where you will start thinking positively. Now, I love what Zig says. He says, you know, positive thinking won't allow you to do everything. So if you ever hear anybody that says, oh, you just think positive, think positive, think positive, you can do anything. Not true. Positive thinking won't allow you to do everything, but it will allow you to do everything better than negative thinking will. I mean, think about it. Shaquille O'Neal, Randy, if we remember Shaquille O'Neal, he was a basketball player, big player in our time, huge guy, 7'1", 7'2", 300 pounds, however big Shaq was, he's a big dude. Can you imagine Shaquille O'Neal as positive as he could be, trying to be a disc jockey. <laughs> I mean, it just would not happen. You know, listen, I'm five, eight and a half, all right? Uh, I'm white, by the way. And I'm in a situation where uh, I can pump up my shoes as much as I want, but I cannot dunk a basketball hoop mm-hmm. in, in a 10-foot rim. And I've tried three times. It's just, it can't do it, okay? <laughs> all I'm saying is being positive will help you get through life and maximize things in a way that negative thinking won't, all right? And I'm a big believer in that. So what are you putting in your life, The step one, what are you putting in your life right now that's helping you focus on the positive? Very, very important. I love the thought that says nothing is more common than unsuccessful men and women with talent. Let me say that again. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men and women with talent. I believe we've all been endowed with certain inalienable gifts, right? And so that's important. Let's use those gifts. Number two, in the three steps of massive success, we got to sometimes go back before we can move forward. What does that mean? You know, I remember the old song, Randy, I can't remember who sang it. You got to take two steps forward. Wait, one step forward, two steps. How's it go? Two steps forward, one step back, I think. Is yeah, the, thank uh, you. <laughs> and who was the singer? I don't know. I don't know. that that uh, That's an old one. It was yeah. a lady. I can't think of it. So if yeah. you're listening out this and you remember the name, send us a, send us a uh, email, leanonthewall.com. Say, hey, it was this. That way we know. But sometimes you got to step back before you can go forward. What does that mean? That means sometimes if we're in a situation where we're moving so fast in life, you know, a lot of times you can be very busy with things. Well, I got to check my Instagram every three seconds. <laughs> I got to check my Facebook. Did anybody like my, I got to check this. I got to check my email. I got to talk to this person. I gotta, but we're not really getting things done. We're not really moving forward. So sometimes we got to step back. We got to press pause in life. We say, okay, you know what? I'm going to shut the phone off. I'm going to shut the TV off. I'm going to shut the radio off. I'm going to shut the whatever off. 
And I'm going to step back and just take some time away and reevaluate with a notepad and a pen or a pencil and write down what are some of the things right now that I'm currently doing in my life that are actually adding value to others and moving me towards where I really want to go in life and write those things down. And then what are some of the things in your life right now that are actually keeping you, hindering you? They might be good things, by the way. It might be a relationship. You're spending all your time, all your waking hours with this particular person. And that person is keeping you because you're so engulfed in what you're doing there. Or, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's other things that you're doing with your time. And you're not really moving forward. You know, I think, Randy, of people going out and doing happy hour. They're connected with happy hour here, happy hour there. And they're, they're making relationships and making connections. And that's great. But they're not really necessarily spending the time to move forward. Nothing wrong with happy hour, by the way. But it's just the idea of being intentional in what you do. You got to sometimes go back, step back, press pause before you move forward. That is number two. Number three, and this is the one that a lot of people don't like. So a little preface here, a little disclaimer. You say, I don't know if I like this next one, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's hard work. Hard work is crucial. I love the thought that says champions are not made on feather beds. You know, our forefathers that founded this country, they came over here and they did the hard work. And they created this country through hard work. There's been a generation that was the experience through the Great Depression, hard work. They worked hard for their money. There was no, you didn't go just get a handout and feel good about it. Today, we live in a society where it's cool to not do anything and get paid. The problem is, is that type of society can't go on forever. So the question is, do you want to be someone who sucks off society or adds value to society? Because if you want to add value to society and to people and leave a legacy beyond yourself, as Dennis Waitley says, planting shade trees under which I will never sit. If you want to be that kind of person, I know I do, then you're going to have to put in some hard work. And that doesn't mean that you got to get up and change the batteries on your remote. <laughs> that means you got to get up every morning. You got to do things that matter. You got to, when it, when it is your time to shine, you got to know when to be 100% and you got to perform well. You got to not quit when it gets challenging. That's hard work. And not everybody's got to do that. But I can guarantee you, if you are willing to do that, the, the success ladder, Getting there, climbing that ladder, because the elevator to the top is always closed. Getting to the top, you'll get there. And you know why? Because there's more and more people in today's society that are not willing to do the hard work. You will shine and you will stand out in a way that is so significant because you're willing to put in the hard work. So three steps recap. One, one thing, number one, positive brainwash. Put positive things into your mind. Review, refuse to stew and, and, and contemplate on negative thoughts. Refuse to do it. Throw it out of your mind right away. Negative thought comes in, get it out. I will not think that way and replace it with a positive thought. Maybe it's a verse. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever it is for you, positive thought. Number two, go back before you go forward. You got to go back before you go forward. You got to press pause. You got to reevaluate where you are because chances are where you are now and what you got you to where you are today are not the same things that are going to get you to where you're going to go. So press pause, reevaluate. Number three, hard work. Be willing to put in the effort. Be willing to do the things. You know, the only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people 
is successful people are willing to do things that unsuccessful people are just unwilling to do. That is the major difference. So are you willing to do what unsuccessful people are unwilling to do? Are you willing to continue to put in the work and put in the effort and retry and retry and retry? I think of Edison. You know, he made the, created the light bulb. He had thousands of failures before a success. And can you imagine where we'd be today if he just said after the 50th try, I'm done? Would we have the light bulb? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's kind of a big deal. We use lights every once in a while. <laughs> but Edison continued on. So the question is, will you continue on? So, Randy, that's the motivational segment here on the Michael Wall Show, by the way. Uh, having a lot of fun. If you want to connect with us, leanonthewall.com. Obviously, we do some coaching. You need some coaching. You need some help in life, in your business, personally. We do some coaching. Leanonthewall.com. Reach out to us. Request my review, and we'll get back to you. Uh, one of our team members will and talk to you about what options we have to help you get to where you need to go. If you want to give us a ring, call us at 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255. Maybe you're in a situation where uh, you just got questions about your portfolio, about your life, whatever. Give us a ring. Reach out to us. We want to, we want to connect, and we want to help you live with purpose and live on purpose. We got to cut out to a break, but coming back next segment, we are going to be having an interview with Mick Jones from Foreigner, as Randy so eloquently started this out in the beginning uh, about this song. You, I'm sure you've heard of Foreigner. If you haven't, they are a huge band. You've heard their music. You'll hear it on the break, and we'll be coming right back after this with the interview with Mick. So stay tuned. I'm Carolyn Ryan, a financial correspondent. And I'm Michael Wall, a financial author, advisor, and radio show host. You know, Michael's one of the area's leading financial advisors, and every Sunday morning, I get to interview him about things like Social Security, the stock market, and how to plan for retirement. You'll walk away with financial news and retirement tips you can apply to your own life. Watch the Sunday Morning Money Report every Sunday right before the CBS Sunday Morning News at 8.58. See you then. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. And now, back to the show. You're as cold as ice. I want to know what love is. Feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Okay, now I'm back in high school. Now I'm showing my age. There it is. Foreigner. 40th anniversary tour. How about that? Uh, they just did a show not long ago in Tampa. Maybe you went up to see him. But Mick Jones is the founding member of Foreigner, the only one left, and he's got a brand new band around him, and we are celebrating their 40th anniversary. Feels like the first time came out in 1977. So there you go. Mick is now... By the way, that's when I was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school at that point, and I remember it very well. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Man. Uh, I'm but you are, it's, but it's, you, you don't mind. You, I know. You I don't mind. mind. <laughs> Yeah. Remember, it's all about that uh, positive brainwash, there, right? See, there it is. That's <laughs> Come right. on. We got it. So Mick is now 73 years old, saw wow. the show, and he's doing great. And it's it was very interesting to be able to sit down with a guy like that who's still going strong. I mean, he's he put new yeah. people around him, Michael. When we, when we interviewed Chicago and they had that new singer 
um, on board with him, mm-hmm. and he's touring with them now. I can't think of his name, but he he did a, he he's doing a great job. I mean, yeah. he really really is. And so you know, we talked to them about the idea of them reuniting, reuniting, I guess, with the original members of Foreigner, and what that looked like and how it felt. Oh, it's very emotional. Um, everybody was a little on edge, perhaps we could say, uh, not knowing quite what to expect, but we all sort of pulled together and uh, realized that this is something that we can have a lot of fun doing uh, and hopefully the crowd will, will enjoy it too and appreciate it. And they did. A large audience on Facebook did as well and YouTube. From there to the stage, it was cordial, friendly and supportive and uh, we got through it and I'd like to say with flying colors. His book, he's got a book out, and it's called A Foreigner's Tale. And you open it up, and it's the, his history and the history of the band. And when yep. you open it up and you look at him as a boy, and he grew up in Surrey, England, okay? Mm-hmm. The next town over was where Eric Clapton grew up. Wow, yeah. The next town over from that is where Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin mm. grew up. Yeah. And not far from that is where Jeff Beck grew up. So I was like... What in the world is in the water? Yeah, something in the water. <laughs> in that Literally. area. But yeah. just, I mean, unbelievable amount of people at that time growing up and being influenced by great rock and roll from America. Yeah. And look what came out of it, the British invasion and, and you know, Foreigner coming much later than the 60s. But still, yeah. unbelievable music. But I was really surprised that they're they're actually Foreigner is not in the Rock Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet, which was interesting. I know we uh, we asked Mick a little bit about that, and because you know sometimes people can resent things, and and mm-hmm. so one of the things we know wanted to know from him is does that sting a bit? Does it feel like ah, you know why are we not there? It does to a certain extent. The fact that we were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame that as a writer is a huge blessing. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is elusive to us. It seems like they thrown our name away or something or lost it <laughs> you know? but that's just that's just got to happen i mean you interviewed chicago yeah. and they were yeah. just inducted into the rock and roll hall of yeah. fame after 50 years i mean yeah. that's i mean I, I don't understand the process there sometimes that there's some deserving bands out there that really need to be in well you know I, yeah i agree I, I don't necessarily know the format or the the secret sauce of kind of getting in there or not and of course you know chicago is in this uh singer songwriter as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they really, they've had a foreigners had a lot of great hits. People know who they are. They're a big band. And, uh, I think, you know, when you look at any craft that, you know, you have a lot of bands that are one hit wonders, right? Yeah. So they have one hit and boom, you know, everybody knows the name and you know, it is what it is. And that goes on. And that band is known by that one particular song. But, um, you know, when you got a, when you got a band that's been consistent and played through the ages, and, and the thing that I see, which is quite interesting, Randy, is not just played through the ages, but having the ability and the staying power to connect, having your music connect with a younger generation as well. Yeah, you know, I, it's one thing. It's one thing if you play and you connect with your generation. Right. It's another thing if you play and you connect with multi generations. Now it's a that's legacy. Yeah, I, I saw him in Atlanta, and it wasn't just a. Uh, uh, six thousand people with knee braces on. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of, there was a lot of younger people out there that were getting down to it. And and that one of the questions I always like to ask guys is, what was a surprise to you? You know, you write mm-hmm. a song, you think it's going to be a hit, it's not a hit. Yep. You write another song, it becomes a hit. You didn't think it was going to be a hit. I asked him, and I said, was there one of those songs? And he said, oh, as a matter of fact, there was. 
Urgent was a bit of a surprise. It was a bit of a, a, a like a bit more, a bit left field for us, let's say. Combining um, contemporary sound with uh, the addition of um, Tom Dolby, who was an experimental kind of electronic buffin and uh, very eccentric. On top of that, we had Junior Walker playing the sax solo, which I mm-hmm. personally think is an all-time great sax solo on a uh, on a rock album. I love the song once it started to shape up, but I didn't think it was going to be a single. Interesting. Well, you know, uh, that is, it's interesting, Randy, how things kind of do kind of creep up on us in life. And I, I, I love the thought that if we're in a situation where we prepare uh, in advance for opportunity, we may not see the opportunity, but we prepare in advance for opportunity, that puts us in a situation where when those surprises and that opportunity comes, we're ready for it. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that Mick did with, with their group and the band, Foreigner, obviously, is they, they had a lot of practice. They put a lot of time in, a lot of effort in, loved their craft, refined the craft. And uh, so consequently, you know, you have little things like that song Urgent that was a surprise to them. But, you know, they'd put so much time and effort in that it just became a great hit as well, which is kind of neat. And I know we always like to talk a little bit in this show, obviously, about money. That's that's my background. You know, I started in the wealth field and been doing this for you know, a long time now, helping families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. And I'm always intrigued when we talk to folks and we ask Mick about the idea of if there was ever a problem of being in the music business and, 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 you know, money and how that creeps in and and how that all ties into uh, the music business in general. I was fortunate in the fact that I had quite a bit of experience before I put the band together. I got to know the business and I got to sort of develop an instinct. I kind of usually get a, a pretty immediate feeling about who I'm talking to. I got fooled a couple of times with financial situation, the tax shelter, stuff like that, wiped me out completely for a while. Most artists, you know, they want to feel like your dad's watching over things or feel that trust. So sometimes you, you search for it or you, and you push it more than necessary and you expect too much from them and uh, they can't deliver but generally, I've been pretty lucky. Isn't that interesting? I mean, he lost a lot of money, obviously, at one yeah. point in his life because of trusting the wrong people. Got stung once uh, on a tax shelter there. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a great point because, you know, one of the things that he if, if he said there in an interview, which I, which I really, uh, as I thought about that, and as he said that, I, I thought, you know, he said he kind of pushed a little bit harder and was looking for... What that made me think of, Randy, is, you know, sometimes we're in a situation, people are in a situation where... They can, I hate to say it, but they can get greedy. If you're out there always looking for the next best thing, not that you shouldn't be looking and aware and paying attention. Certainly, we're in a situation where, you know, as we connect and utilize, clarify through advisory services, and we've been in the game for a long time, we're always looking for alternative structures, off-market structures that people can invest in to help them protect grow and reduce taxes on their wealth. Obviously, that's why we have a tax company, we have a tax planner, a tax attorney, really. And, uh, but... You can't get greedy. You can't get greedy. You always you can't get you can't get complacent because you know then you're going to miss out on opportunity. But you can't get greedy either. And so I think that's the key. Is you got to find that balance and finding people that you can trust. That's one of the things that we've heard over the years from from the families that we work with is just the relationship that we've created and more so than that, bringing the new ideas to the table because they trust us really as their CFO. 
you know, for their finances. That's so huge, though. And I know it's interesting that Mick was uh, honest enough about that, that he yeah. did get stung. Most people don't cover that. And, you know, it's interesting now at age 73, I mean, he's still going strong. I, I couldn't, again, we talk about Chicago. These guys are, um, yep. these guys in their 70s amaze me, you know, just doing all these tours, doing all this stuff. They're touring the U.S., they'll go overseas in the spring. And we asked him a little bit about how long he wants to continue at this pace. Obviously, it'll come a time. I'm feeling very good at the moment. I'm blessed with uh, having um, gotten through some trying physical times. But uh, right now, I feel very uh, energetic and uh, I'm handling the stage very well. When it becomes difficult to do that, I don't want to push it any further and, and look ridiculous. Everybody around me, the band, everybody tell me how great I'm looking for my age. <laughs> and, and he does sound good and he does, he, he looks great. And uh, I got to tell you that it was, it was interesting sitting down and talking to him and talking to that band. It was like a walk through musical history. Mm -hmm. If you, if you mm -hmm. look at each one of those guys and say, tell me who you've played with and you hear names like Aerosmith and Elton John mm -hmm. and the Eagles, and then you go to the next guy and you hear Dokken and you hear all these different bands that they played with. It's just like amazing the people that they have had encounters with. My favorite story here, I'll give you my favorite story about Mick Jones. They, he went on tour with the Beatles in 1964 that was the year that the beatles exploded okay so he's wow. playing on a three group bill he's the second group and the beatles are the third group okay so mm -hmm. um he is playing with a french singer and so they're on tour and the curtain goes down on them and then the Beatles are going to be next. But all of a sudden, automatically, the curtain went back up and it hooks him and his guitar. And it starts going <laughs> up and he starts literally going up into the air. And he's from England and he starts cursing up a blue streak. Just go, let, let, let me down, you know. And he got down and all of a sudden from in back of him, he gets a tap on the shoulder and it's John Lennon. And John looks at him, he goes, I didn't know you were English. Because <laughs> he thought he was French. He's playing with a French singer and he recognized his accent. And from that point forward, he was friends with the Beatles and with John Lennon, lifelong friends, all because of a crazy little moment there backstage. So kind of fun. Isn't that funny how that happens? And, yeah. you know, that's kind of why I was talking earlier about it's important to really make sure that whatever you do, whether you're um, building a business, whether you're changing your mindset, whether you're being a family man or woman, whether you're, uh, you know, looking for better ways to protect your wealth, you know, whatever it may be, trying to find your career, whatever, wherever you are in life, selling a company, that you prepare in advance, that you get the right people in your corner, that you get second opinions, that you uh, really put yourself in a situation where you're, you're doing the best that you know how to find quality, quality thoughts and advice and preparing for those opportunities. Because I know, Randy, for me in life, there's a lot of times where the things have come that have propelled us to the next level. You know, even when we started uh, doing national media back in 2010, Squawk Box uh, on CNBC, very first interview. And, you know, there was just, I was out at some different events and I met some people and one thing led to another. And because of those meetings, that's how we ended up uh, creating the relationships. And people started looking at some of what we were doing at firm level and, and, and allowed us the ability to, to make some of those steps. So just being prepared. And I love the fact that, that Mick is continuing on, he's striving on, he's He's going he's gonna, to uh, sing into the sunset. But he also has the recollection, which I think is huge, which is he doesn't want to make himself look like a fool. Yeah. 
He's in a place where he knows that there's going to be a time where I got to check out, you know. And I remember back in the day when I was when I was a little younger. I remember watching Michael Jordan as an example. Remember, he played basketball, obviously huge basketball player. Then he played baseball. Then he went back to basketball. And people are just wondering, is this guy going to retire? Is he going to ruin his legacy because he's continuing to play? And I don't mean that as a good or bad to Jordan, but it's just an example of, you know, when you're in your prime, it's hard sometimes, and even late prime, it's hard sometimes to know uh, when you should and should not, you know, step aside. And I think the importance that I draw from that, Randy, is you do not want to, in life, just have yes people around you. You want to have people around you that are going to speak truth to you and say, you know what, now, you know, you really need to hang it up or now you need, you need to change this. People that are going to challenge you, not people that just say, oh, yeah, no, that's the best thing you've come up with yet. And then tomorrow, oh, that's even better than we came up with yesterday. <laughs> you know, you want people who are going to be real with you. And if it is good, they know it's good. You, they tell you it's good. If it's not, they tell you it's not. And that way, you know that the advice that you're getting from those people is genuine. And I think it's so crucial. It is absolutely true. And if you want to get a, a, a new fix of Foreigner, go to foreigneronline.com. There's an awful lot there. And Mick's book is called A Foreigner's Tale. I have it. And it is just chock full of great rock and roll information. I think you'll really enjoy it. And you can find that there online as well at foreigneronline.com. We'll take a break. And when we come back, Bill Jacobson will be our guest. Real estate attorney in the West Palm Beach area. An interesting perspective on the history of the area where it's been and also where it's going. Opportunities coming up next on The Michael Walsh Show. A Foreigner's Tale by Mick Jones. It's sort of an interesting life. It's taken me all over the world and got me up into all kinds of mischief. As the founder of Foreigner and the composer of their greatest hits, feels like the first time I want to know what love is. Cold as ice and more, Mick has written the story of Foreigner. The thing about this band is there's an intellectual level, which is nice. Uh, there's also very much of a heartfelt level, too. Including classic and previously unseen photos from Mick's own collection. Celebrate Foreigner's 40th anniversary with A Foreigner's Tale. I'll never be on my wildest dreams. I've anticipated this kind of uh, a life and career. Available now at foreignerbook.com. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. Thanks for joining us on The Michael Wall Show. Now, let's get back to the show.
And welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. Find us online at leanonthewall.com. And we like to bring you interesting guests each and every week here on the Michael Wall Show. And I think we have somebody very interesting to uh, to present to you today, Michael. Somebody who's been around in this area for a long time and has seen growth for a long period of time. Oh, he really has. Bill Jacobson is his name. He's actually live in studio with us. And he is uh, not only a, a cool guy, but he's been in the industry since 1972. What industry is that, you may ask? Well, it's the real estate. And uh, he actually has a title insurance company. He's an attorney. Does real estate law, title insurance, and different things like that. And I thought, you know, I met uh, Bill just uh, the other week. Actually, so happened to be through my father-in-law. And we were talking about development and some new opportunities and new hotels, hotel slash workspace kind of coming in and different things. And we struck up a conversation, Randy, just really about how he has seen, and he's been in the West Palm Beach area, uh, all the way back when Palm Beach Gardens was basically land and watching West Palm grow in a lot of ways. And I thought, you know, let's talk about how the city and cities in general evolve and then also what the future brings. So, Bill, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Michael and Randy, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank so you. tell us a little bit when you got into the real estate space, what kind of led you to uh, want to say, this is what I want to do? Well, my first job was at the county attorney's office uh, for Palm Beach County, and we represented the Board of County Commissioners. And my primary function at that point was to work on the first land use plan for Palm Mm -hmm. Beach County and how the county was going to develop going forward. And it covered, Palm Beach County is the largest geographical county east of the Mississippi. Is that right? Exactly. And at that point, when I was with the county, uh, we huh. were, I would say, maybe 20 or 30% of the county was really developed. Hmm. Boca was barely starting. Palm Beach Gardens really didn't exist. Um, so we were in the process of, develop, of developing a plan as to how the county was going to move forward. And you are an integral part of that, I know. And then as you've continued in your field and your space... You know, we've seen, uh, I mean, obviously back since 72 to now, the growth has just been tremendous. What do you attribute that to? I mean, there's probably not one particular factor, but are there several things that kind well, of come to mind? Though the weather helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to live next to the, basically a beautiful beach, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think, it was, you know, there's been a, a huge uh, inward migration of people mm-hmm. from the north to Florida over mm-hmm. the last 30, 40 years. And a tremendous demand for housing. The housing market has probably been the biggest staple of all of the development in, in Palm Beach County. And that, of course, has driven the commercial. Hmm. So uh, I would say the, you know, the advent of, uh, of the interstate system, mm-hmm. the ability of people to drive to Florida rather quickly, mm-hmm. uh, has helped to develop the state. And I remember we were talking uh, a little earlier, you talked about I- I-95 and it only coming down, I think, to Palm Beach, or where it is now. Wait, right. Tell well, me about it. It stopped at PGA Boulevard yeah. and then picked up in, I think, Fort Pierce. There was the, the so-called missing link. Yeah. And that was an interesting... <laughs> the bridge uh, to nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. The bridge to nowhere. <laughs> So uh, when when that when when the ninety five link was finished, uh, substantially increased the development pressure in Palm Beach County in the northern part of Palm Beach County. Yeah, Palm yeah. Beach Gardens area in particular. Well, you know, it reminds me, Bill, the idea and uh, the, the the movie is escaping me. But the idea that remember when he says, "If you build it, they will come." Right. I can't feel the dreams. I think is that is that what it is? Right. Um, and so when you think about that, from what you were saying from the from the house perspective, homes in general. You know, building all these homes, people migrating down, and then obviously the business uh, sector has really taken off here. And 
You know, a lot of times the question, and Randy, um, you you had a question there. I, I want to let you pose that to Bill as far as, you know, people thinking whether or not there's future opportunities. So go for it. Well, I, I just think that many times, especially when it comes to land, everybody thinks, well, all the, all the good land is gone or all the development is done. And, and everybody's looking for another opportunity. And I think in investing in that world, everybody's saying, well, what's the next fertile ground that I can get into? And in your business, I mean, real estate is always going to be there and there's probably always opportunity and people probably don't understand that. Well, it's interesting when you talk, especially since you use the word fertile, um, many years ago, Palm Beach County uh, was concerned about the pressure on westward development into what's called the agricultural area. Because as you know, we have a huge agricultural area in the southwest part of the, of the county. And so the county went out and they bought a bunch of the land out west to preserve it. That's called the, the Ag Reserve. Now there is a substantial pressure, a st- substantial amount of pressure on the county commissioners to allow development in the Ag Reserve area. And th- there are, I would say, a very small portion of the population uh, is, uh, remembers the expense that the county went to to buy the Ag Reserve land. Uh, so that's one facet of potential future development. The other facet is, of course, that m- most of the land that was previously developed in the central part of the county has come to its, what I'll call the end of the useful life and, and about ready to go into its second cycle, where there is a lot of infill development, a lot of pressure to rebuild houses that were built when Flagler was here and after that period of time. Um, and so that's that's another concept for uh, real estate redevelopment. And it's amazing to me, you know, I'm obviously originally from the north. And so, you know, for me, when you're up north, I mean, if you have a house that's, you know, 50, 60, built in the 20s, 30s, you know, that's an older house. Here, if you, you buy a house and it's built in the early 90s or late 80s, it's like, oh, you got to tear it down, obviously. You know, I mean, in fact, that's exactly what we did in our community or what we're doing in our community in Steeplechase. Um, and, and so the whole definition of, I think, do you think a lot of that has to do with people moving down and they're kind of retired and so they're in a place, okay, I want a brand new place. I want to have something nice to be there. Is, why do you think that philosophy and thought is so much different? Is it the weather and potential hurricanes and how things were built back then? You know, CBS now, Wood then. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting because there, there are really two areas that are going through that redevelopment process. Amazingly enough, some of the the new planned unit developments up in northern Palm Beach County, where you're talking about Steeplechase and Frenchman's and those areas, people are coming in and they're buying mini mansions and tearing them down and building larger properties. Mm-hmm. Lots of retirement people, larger money, we want a bigger and better type of thing. And then you have the properties that, for instance, along Flagler Drive mm-hmm. in downtown West Palm Beach, where there were smaller houses that were built on property along the waterfront, uh, previously thought of as nice property, but not terribly attractive. And uh, now people are coming along, and those houses are 40 and 50 years old, and they're being demolished to make way for many mansions down there because the values of the property have substantially increased. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, happening in the, the West Palm Beach area. And then, of course, you have... The uh, as I referred to earlier is the infill on uh, the northwest part of our city, uh, where the houses were not built terribly uh, well, and, uh, and and the housing stock just has to be changed. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So, folks, we're, again, we're talking to Bill Jacobson. He's a real estate law firm attorney. He's got a firm here, Title Insurance Company. We've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the future development and opportunity with business. I know a lot of the listeners out there are involved in business in some way, shape, or form. And so you want to know where should we park our tents, so to speak, as far as uh, you know, really drilling in and where opportunities. We're going to talk about that coming back as we come back right after this. Worried about losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, president of three financial companies, radio show host, and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry, and I want the average investor to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. And welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. You can find us online at leanonthewall.com. Our special guest today is Bill Jacobson, a real estate attorney in our area who has seen a lot of development in the time that he has been a part of our community. And uh, Michael, there are some places around town that have kind of cropped up and moved up and have been very, very influential in probably bringing people to our area as you go out there and uh, something that you've been taking advantage of just recently. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with Bill off air. And uh, for those of you that are familiar with the, if you've ever been, if you're not from West Palm Beach, if you ever come, you got to check out City Place, cool spot. But it was just that, you know, we're involved in Christ Fellowship, great church. And I was talking about CF Knights and how they do two services now at the Harriet, which is really a landmark. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, but they do two, they had two in the morning, but they also do two services at night. And I was just, just discussing how, you know, my family and another family, when we were done, we went to the 730 service on Sunday the other night this past week. And, you know, there was, there were so many people there. We went out to get ice cream and at Sloan's and like everybody's waiting in line. There's people there everywhere. And it's such a cool scene. City Place is such a cool scene. And I thought Bill was really neat just because I love how that whole area is laid out. And I know you've had some involvement in some of the uh, uh, underpinnings, I guess, foundations of, of the evolution of City Place in general. So tell us a little bit about kind of the evolution of that. And then we'll talk in, in a minute here just about the future and what we see as opportunity in the Palm Beach County area as well. Right. You guys are making me feel really old. Because <laughs> <laughs> they developed it right, 10 like, years ago. Yeah, Come right, on, like, yeah, yeah, I started yeah. at, at three years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you know, when you mentioned the, the Harriet, uh, the Harriet is probably the only building that was left on the property when the city place area was cleared. Is that but, right? Yeah, it was, it, that whole area was the worst slum area that you could possibly imagine. Mm. Several friends of mine and I began the acquisition of property back in the late 70s and early 80s for the purposes of building a development in that area. And we accumulated two blocks just to the west of where the Harriet is now. I'd like to tell people we used to own Macy's and the, and the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> but anyway, no, we, we owned several blocks in there and, um, and spent about six years, six and a half years, trying to get a project approved. But hmm. given the face wow. of the, yeah, given, given the, the way the city government worked at that point, we did not have a strong mayor form of government. Uh, it, it took us uh, that long to get the project approved. 
and uh, six uh, years. Yeah, six and a half years. Wow. Wow. And um, anyway, the land then was acquired by David Palladino, who really was the one who accumulated all of the property for City Place. Mm. He was going to do a project called Downtown Uptown. Uh, it really didn't have any any planning concepts to it at all. And then uh, David failed in that project. The the the, um, the wheels came off, as they say. He wasn't able to hold on to it financially. And uh, then after we um, we had our first, we converted to a strong mayor form of government. Nancy Graham came in and put City Place back together again. And mm-hmm. after a national search, it resulted in in getting related involved in the transaction. So it was a it was a really interesting time and in development of the city of West Palm Beach because. Mm-hmm. The, the city commission, when I was involved in it, said nothing's ever going to happen in that area. Mm. You know, the school will never be redeveloped. They're going to tear it down. Well, we know that the school has been <laughs> redeveloped entirely. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we actually did build the first new residential project in downtown West Palm Beach on the property where the Kravis Theater sits now. Mm, mm-hmm. And that was then acquired and torn down to make way for the Kravis. A very interesting time in the development of the city. So uh, what, what would you say, Bill, you know, we just have about another another minute or two left in this segment, but what is your, what would you say, what are your thoughts in relation to, uh, so someone's in, in business, they want to build a facility, they want to build a hotel, they want to build a mixed-use space, um, you know, set up a com- whatever commercial, bi- some type of business moving mm-hmm. forward in the West Palm, Palm Beach County area. Are there a couple, one or two things that you would kind of say these are some things that you need to be looking for if you're going to develop or 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 look to develop in this area? Obviously, right. one you, you need to have money for sure. You got to have sure. the right investors. But what are a couple things to kind of really say this is what you need to be looking at in development? Well, uh, clearly uh, you have to look at the local market, and what we have a. Uh, real lack of is Class A office space. Mm. Now, there are a couple of projects that are going through the process right now, well, one down by the church on Flagler Drive. Uh, if that gets approved, that will probably take care of our office requirements for the next five or six years. Mm. Because we once we get one large Class A office building and that fills up, we'll be okay for that period of time. The other thing is, of course, the hotel market. Um, there have been a couple of hotels that have opened. There's one more that's about to undertake development on the old city hall site, but we still have a lack of hotel rooms. We probably need, according to all market studies, somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 hotel rooms in the general area, and we'll only have uh, about five or 600. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a strong need for for a good hotel in downtown, hmm. or the downtown area, let's put it that way. And do you feel like something that's boutique versus a chain? I mean, is there a benefit one to another with, with how you see the market changing here? Uh, it depends on where the hotel is built. I yeah. mean, for instance, if there's a hotel that's built in one of the you know, the areas that's going through the second cycle of redevelopment that I talked about earlier, you could probably do a boutique hotel as long as it had a good reservation system. Um, in the downtown area, we're going to have mostly chain hotels, you yeah. know, Marriott's, um, Hyatt, that type of thing. Yeah. And of course the Hilton at the, at the convention center. That was a huge, a huge, uh, impact that has a huge impact in downtown the convention center hotel yeah yeah. and that's that's a great building they they did a good job on that but uh so if you're listening out there and you're saying you know i want to set up shop i want to do some things i got questions about uh real estate or 
you know, uh, you just need assistance with that. Bill is Bill is around. Bill Jacobson, again, is his name. And, Bill, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? My phone number is 561-833-4440. There you go, 561-833-4440. You want to get in touch with Bill, you got a question about real estate or uh, all the law attributed to it or, you know, closing on, on real estate, whatever. And uh, Bill, thanks so much for coming and sharing your insight just about the history of the Palm Beach County area, what we see in the future, and I uh, hope to someday we'll have you back and chat about the next next steps in, in the area as well. How's that Great. sound? Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time, Mike. Well, Bill, thanks so much for joining us and just sharing that insight. You know, just it's just good perspective on uh, how things change over the years and uh, what we're going to see in the future. And as you're listening to this... Again, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not catch the entirety of the show, if you're listening to this on radio, I'm going to encourage you to go to leanonthewall.com, click on radio media. You can subscribe to the show, and you'll be able to listen to the previous segments, the, the motivational segment, the other segments with uh, Mick, Mick from Foreigner and some uh, of the other things we talked about. But until next time, I want to challenge you, as I do each and every week, this week to go out and add value to someone that you cannot get anything in return from. Live with purpose so you can live on purpose. And here's to living well in your future. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.